What's up, Wes? How are you, buddy? Good. How are you? Whew, no complaints. Good, good. Oop, Joey needs like a, Joey, uh, uh, a re-invitation. Yeah, yeah, he uh, struggling to struggling to accept that first one. Tough, another one. Tough to be too critical of him, man. He's put in a lot of work uh, organizing season one, and then even more work uh, with season two. Yeah, he's got to be running on empty. When, Can't even imagine the amount of uh, prep hours that go into that. Yeah, wonder, wonder. What's up, Joey? Hey, what's going on? Show the show. Just trying to sell Jeff Pink. It's important. Craziness out there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sweet. We got uh, Joe the show. We got Wes, Alpha Male. Um, guys, let's uh, let's look back to to the first first Pong tournament that we had, the virtual Pong tournament that uh, you guys were the brainchild of and uh, did a great job getting it up and running. Very successful, um, but let's let's look back on this thing and kind of kind of throw together a recap for everyone. Sure, Joe, you want to go first? Or you want me to go first? You kick it off, man. Okay, sure. I, I'll uh, I'll I'll just highlight a couple games from the tournament. We already did a, a regular season recap of sorts, so want to talk about the first round game PJ and I had in the Elite Eight against uh, M and Gina. Came down to one cup, uh, back and forth, and M heroic effort and uh it was a great great game i think people tuned in i think uh d's or ward i can't remember which one set the set the spread at like two and a half three cups and so i think people tuned in just thinking they'd see a blowout and they were they were in for a real treat uh so we were lucky to escape that round unscathed and then championship game was a good game early uh, pj and i got up on wheeze and will uh, we hit some shots but i'll tell you what man my age really caught up with me late uh Will hit three game winners. PJ hit two rebuttals, but I, I didn't have any gas left in the tank. Uh, we lost to a better team, but I uh, just wanted to take a moment, if you guys would uh, would indulge me, to to thank my family, you know, for standing by me throughout the season, really supporting me, especially my wife, you know, picking up the slack when I would have to go off on my uh, really intense training regime. Uh, and you boys know, the older you get, playing playing three nights in a row, uh, not easy. So. Uh, you know, that was tough. Uh, it wore on me near the end. And, and also, thank, thank PJ. Um, he had a great tournament. He had a great regular season. I feel like I let him down a little bit in the title game. But uh, he's, a, he's a generational talent. He deserves a, a title on his resume. So hopefully uh, we're back and uh, able to, I'm able to help deliver that to him uh, this next round. So that's, that's my quick recap. It got a little personal. Sorry about that. But, uh, Joey, the floor is yours. Yeah, thanks, Wes. And I'm sure, uh, you know, uh, and made you very proud the way she, she performed in that game. I thought her heroics were great. And I, it was awesome to see uh, Gina really come on strong and late to uh, kind of make a push at you and PJ since you guys had uh, such a big lead, but um, that was, that was a great game to watch. Um, you know, one of the games in the early rounds that I, that I really um, had pegged was um, the Aisling Smitty Schuyler game. And uh, I do like the way that Smitty and Skyler came out. Um, I appreciated that Skyler showed some heart and I'm sure his dad made his dad pretty proud that he, he came back after a pretty rough uh, regular season to start. And I don't think he um, really anticipated um, what he was walking into and how uh, dedicated um, these um, back end of 30, 40 years old, uh, 
um, dads um, took how seriously we took this. So um, I could, that could be intimidating for anybody just walking into it. Um, but it was awesome to see the light show. I was really impressed with that. Um, you know, and Smitty came out on fire and I thought it was going to be a, a really good run. Cause I, I could see Ace was a little bit scared when intimidated when that first, uh, um, you know, when he first saw the light show, he was, he was mesmerized and uh, I think he puckered up a bit, but um, you know, I think Smitty got a little cold and um, that pretty much did it there. And, and Ace and Schilling moved on and, uh, and, and, I would just, I just want to say the, the run that Weeze and Will uh, made during this tournament was, was pretty remarkable um, considering, and um, they're really proving and, and moving into the, the next tournament. Um, obviously odds aren't favorites have to be um, the way that they performed. Um, they really only had the one slip up against PJ and, and Wes early on in the regular season. And after that, they really um, played very well um, and um, really kind of, just, you know, glided into the championship and, uh, you know, performed really well in the championship as well. And we all saw that too. Um, that's just the way that, um, the confidence that they had, um, and who knew that, you know, showing up on time, um, to a tournament would, uh, prove out to be, um, between winning and losing for them. So, um, as long as they can get their schedule in order, uh, I think it's going to be a tough, tough beat for, for anybody to, uh, for, to get them out of, um, the next tournament next time. Yeah, Joe, um, you know, I, I just want to touch on that game against, um, Ace and Schlang. We, we tried to pull out all the stops to, um, you know, jump out early. We thought getting an early lead would be advantageous for us. Um, you mentioned that I went cold and, uh, certainly did. Uh, one of the advantages of moving our court, um, you know, we, we, we changed the location of our court from the regular season to the tournament. It allowed for a little more arc on the shots, which uh, early on was really good, but um, there was no temperature control out there. It was a cold night up here in northern Wisconsin, and uh, it, it definitely played a little bit of a factor there in uh, cooling off uh, the, the skill level that I uh, started with. I was happy to see Skyler hit some shots. You know, he stepped up and uh, kept us in that thing late. And um, I think he uh, gained some valuable experience jumping into the fray and, and learning that uh, you can compete in a lot of things in life, but uh, that doesn't prepare you for what, what he encountered in this Pong tournament. Um, you know, the matchup that I, I would probably touch on was the first-round game that Weez and Will had. Uh, I believe they played Blake and Falk. Um, I could be mistaken about that, but and uh, if I remember correctly Blake and Falk jumped out to a pretty substantial lead in that game yeah and it looked like uh it, it looked like it was the end of end of time for Weez and Will and then uh, light switch went on like all great teams they uh battled through the adversity and they they turned it around and went on a pretty good little run there to to grab that game and that propelled them on to uh to a champion. Yeah, I like that. Can I interject there? Because, like, I think the the biggest, and maybe people aren't talking about it, but probably one of the biggest coaching decisions by Coach Wees there by making that rebuttal really, really early. I think they maybe had seven or eight cups left, and he made a decision um, to rebuttal at the behest of, of Will there. Um, you could see the, the eye roll and the body language that said, why are we doing this? But um, that might have been the biggest play of the tournament, if you really think about it. 
Yeah, and, and Joe, you're, you're, you said rebuttal. I think you meant you meant re-rack. Um, re-rack, but excuse I, me. I, I, no, I know exactly what you're saying. It's, it, it's interesting we're talking about Weez and Will, though, boys, because it, it touches on the second ever listener email that we've received uh, to this podcast. And, and the person who wrote this chose to remain anonymous, but I was able to go back and, and at least see the email account that it originated from. And the address, yeah, let me just read it to you. It's uh, mathlete3.14159265 at hotmail.com. So it, clearly a math reference. But anyway, this, um, this person, I guess we'll just call him mathlete for the sake of this segment. Uh, he heard from a reliable source that uh, Ace and Schling had actually reached out to their agents after that final four matchup against Weeze and Will to explore possibly filing a formal protest with the commissioner of the WBPA over, over scheduling conflicts. And he said that, that Weez and Will, you know, they're shifting of the schedule. He called it a travesty. He said he firmly believes that the shenanigans perpetuated by Weez and Will to shift not only the time, but the date of the final four matchup and really calls into question the legitimacy of their championship. So I was blown away by the strong language in this email. I don't know if you guys have heard any feedback like this, but, Whew, that, that thing was on fire. That's the first I've heard of it, and um, that's, that's, a real, that's a real scenario. You know, we touched on our last episode uh, about an asterisk going next to the champion because of uh, the absence of Jimmy Chitwood in this tournament. And, uh, I mean, the mathlete there brings, brings about uh, the potential for an asterisk to go next to this title. Due to uh, you know one one team feeling that maybe they're they're a little bit more important than the other seven teams that were involved, so um, that's some powerful powerful. Yeah, really interesting. Uh, yeah, I didn't hear that either. Um, however, I would contend that the opening rules did state that if there were any scheduling conflicts, please reach out um, and to change those um, the scheduling needs. As we all know, we all have busy lives and, and schedules. Um, and maybe that the schedule wouldn't have worked out for everybody. And in addition to that, I would say that, um, you know, Will was the reason that the change was made and he is on the front lines. And I don't know if it's so good to call out somebody that is, you know, fighting on the front lines uh, during this pandemic. Um, and um, that's a difficult uh, argument to be made there. Um, and one, maybe it's a little reckless. Well, hey, you know, it's, it's all water under the bridge now. Weez and Will are champions. Is it a hollow championship? You know, who knows? Is it going to withstand the test of time? We're, we're going to wait to find out. I know we're on the cusp of season two. Uh, but before we move on to the next season, I think that uh, maybe we could take a few moments to, to dole out some postseason awards, uh, if you guys would like. Absolutely. I think it's time. I think the listeners have been waiting patiently. Um, for this and one guy maybe impatiently but the rest of the people kind of wait patiently for uh, the reveal so um, without further ado Joe do you want to take the first team yeah so uh, first team was was, uh, Schling and Will and I would say here um, it's it's no doubt I mean Schling played lights out and definitely in the regular season um, and into the postseason as well and uh, he just proved out that he's one of the, the better um, players in the league. And honestly, you know, as a former champion um, back in 2004 or five, I believe, um, winning the headrest, he's, he's proven again that, you know, he's still a champion, even though he's, he might be a little older. Um, I think that that savvy presence um, has really 
uh, proven out and he really showed it, um, you know, becoming, um, you know, close to being, making a final four appearance. And then, um, you know, hopefully um, this next tournament proving out that he can be a champion again. Um, Evan will, um, you know, being on first team, I think is, is pretty obvious there. You have to have a, a champion and, and it was probably a close, close uh, between him and Weeze, but I think in, in this scenario, uh, Will and the way he played in the tournament, he was simply lights out um, on fire, um, bringing um, shots back um, when Weeze would hit first, um, hitting some final game winners. Um, again, I think this is uh, well-deserved for him and um, him and Schling at the top. Uh, I, I don't think there's going to be any challenges really to either one of those guys being on first team. I, I agree. Uh, it seemed like every time there was a big shot to be made, uh, Will was stepping up to, to make that. And, um, you know, Schling, Schling was right there toe for toe as well with big shots. Um, Wes, you want sure. To yeah, my second my second team, team or, or our second team. Uh, I had PJ and Weez. I think Weez, um clearly, you know, a champion. He was. I never thought I'd say this after we, you know, the J- Jamal Murray uh, analogies from earlier in the tournament, but. He was, he was very level-headed. He was a good teammate. He was picking Will up. And he hit some big shots, too. And Joey pointed out, you know, the first-round game could have made an early exit if, if Weez doesn't uh, step in, show some leadership, and call for that early re-rack with uh, still seven or eight cups on the table. So that was a big move. And I think P.J. Uh, played really, really well, was really, really steady all tournament. Um, we complimented each other well, but he hit two rebuttals in the championship game. He hit several last shots uh, and, and I thought just showed up very even keel, played really well all tournament long. And I'm, uh, I'm hoping he can build on that and, and we can make another run here. So PJ and Weez were the second teamers. Yep. Um, big, big, huge. I mean, huge doesn't even describe the coaching move that, uh, that Weez made in that, that game to really turn the, turn the tide and, and stem the momentum. And um, as you mentioned, PJ was Mr. Consistency really throughout this entire tournament. Um, he, he had one game maybe where he, he didn't perform to the same level he was in the other games. And the level he performed at was still uh, much higher than, than levels that uh, other players were at. So very well deserved. Yeah. And I would say, guys. I would say too, I, um, I you know, not to interrupt, but um, to that point, I think with Weez, I, I hate to, you know, pin them up there with some of the icons. But when you talk about player coaches, you have to look at Bill Russell, Frank Robinson. Those are some big, big names. And and I would say um, a move like that as a, and not only performing by as a player, but performing as a coach at the same time, I think you, you have to put them up there as, as one of the all-time player coach icons in beer pong history. Yeah, it's a good point, Joe. The only other name I would add to that Mount Rushmore might be Pat Rufner because, I, you know, he used to jump in to practice as the JV coach too. And so I think Rufner, Bill Russell, I mean, we're talking that level of coaching player uh, performance by, by Weez. It was inspiring. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, third team, we, um, we had Joey, Joey the Show and uh, Wade Martin. Uh, Joey, I mean, you, um, you were a perfect pair for Ds. You were able to overcome – uh, a pretty big distraction, probably one of the bigger distractions of the tournament to just kind of uh, continue the pace and, and to match uh, the competitors that you were going up against. Um, the, the level of, of passion that you showed in your games, you know, every missed shot you could tell really affected you. 
Uh, not so much by your actions. I mean, I, I'm not sure that we really saw any reactions to this shot necessarily, but you could just tell from the, the raw look on your face that it really bothered you and, you know, just the ultra, ultra competitor there. Um, Wade, you know, we, we had him pegged as a, an early MVP candidate, and he, he really didn't do anything to take himself out of that necessarily. Um, his, his teammate didn't really help him out a whole lot there uh, during the regular season. Um, and he, he might have uh, his performance might have dropped off just a touch in the in the tournament, but uh, you know he, he was solid throughout and really uh, really cementing himself as upper echelon player in this tournament. And one thing that we we didn't discuss, but I'm gonna, I'm going to go ahead and throw it out there is honorable mention. You know, I we had Joey on the third team. West, you just missed third team. I think could have made an argument for you there. I've got you and Ace as uh, honorable mention uh, candidates. And uh, both you guys really uh, were, were key players on those teams that, um, you know, both won their divisions, respective divisions. Uh, your team made a nice little run in the tournament. Um, Ace and Swing got to the final four. Um, wouldn't have happened without the, the performance that you two threw in there. So um, that, that concludes the all-tournament team. Let's move on to the individual awards. Well, I think this one's pretty clear, uh, to me at least. I got Blake. Um, you know, look, he's not a newcomer to beer pong per se, but I think this is really his first taste of, of actual tournament competition. And I don't think anybody's surprised by his performance. I mean, it improved each round, each game in the divisional round and then in the tournament. I mean, I, it, it didn't surprise me. He hit some really big shots in that Elite Eight game against uh, the eventual champions. And really what it reminded me of was that big three-pointer he hit late against Wabash in the NCAC tournament back in uh, 2003. I mean, the guy's, the guy's clutch. What can I say? Uh, he, um, I had another player in the league actually reach out to me, and, and he asked me to contact the uh, Elias Sports Bureau to see if Mueller is the oldest rookie of the year uh, in, in history. It turns out that he is, but since this is the first year we've ever done this, he's also the youngest rookie of the year we've ever had. So anyway – Congrats, Blake. Uh, richly deserved Rookie of the Year. Wonderful performance. I'm excited to see what uh, the second season uh, has in store. And if you're anything like Ben Simmons, you could probably run for Rookie of the Year again in the second season. So, good luck. Yeah, good stuff there. That's a great stat. I uh, wasn't aware of that one. Um, definitely agree. You know, Blake, uh, Blake's level of performance raised each game. His, his ceiling's really high. He's a player that I think we really got to look out for in uh, – tournament season number two as a guy that could make a significant move and uh you know really really vie for one of those all tournament spots yeah totally uh joey yeah i was just gonna say totally agree with that with that assessment of rookie of the year i think i think blake uh proved that um he can hang and yeah like you said i'm gonna be really interested to see uh, what he brings to the table in the next tournament Very nice, very nice. Moving on, uh, the next award we've got to Women's Player of the Year. Well, Joey, I feel bad taking it because, like, I mean, it is Wes's uh, wife. But I will say that, that Emster is well-deserving. I'm sure Wes will have some nice words for her as well. But um, she played really well, and it, I don't think there was any doubt that um, she could play. Um, she's proven it in past tournaments, um, past, past beer pong tournaments in, in Worcester history. She's, she's proven she can hang with the big boys. Um, and, um, she, she can always make a run. So she's always a, a danger to, to go out there and knock, 
down a lot of cups. And she did that in, in the game against against Wes. And I think she got in Wes's head a little bit early. I don't think Wes was expecting the performance that he was seeing across the table. But, um, you know, as she was hitting shots, it was getting a little bit worrisome whether Wes and PJ could make, make the run that they did. But, um, you know, Wes bounced back, got a little level-headed, and I think um, proved out that, uh, you know, He's the best player in the house, but I think Emster might have the most potential. <laughs> I, the only, my only complaint, really, about that matchup is my kids were watching, and she comes out of the gate, and I think she hits three of her first four shots, and I'm thinking, this is really undermining kind of the alpha male nickname that Smitty has given me here, so I got to step up. And I do think I finally matched her a number of cups, but holy cow, I was, uh, I was on the ropes early, Joe. And, uh, yeah, I mean, richly deserved. Gina had a good tournament, too, so – there were only two women in the tournament. Uh, Gina obviously performed as well as Em early. And, and, you know, I think that that team, they've got one season under their belt. They could, they could make some noise uh, in the next season. Absolutely. And uh, Wes, if it makes you feel any better, I mean, if we were going to peg an alpha female, it, it would be Emster. Um, I think I've, I've had this conversation with you back in, in probably 03 and probably a few times after. M is you in a female's body, and she is you. You, uh, I think I said that wrong. She is you in a female's yeah, body, and you are her in a male's body. Um, I mean, it's it's a. I I I'd, I'd be hard pressed to find someone that could win an argument with me to tell to tell me otherwise on that. Um, and like you said, Gina was well deserving. We very well could have went with co-women player of the year. Um, and definitely a team to, to be reckoned with as we move into this next tournament. That leads us to uh, MVP. Um, well, boys, I, you know, look, I, I make arguments as for a living, and uh, I would like to go last on this one because I just want to disagree with whatever you guys throw out there. That's okay. Okay. Well, yeah. So, so I I would say that Will would definitely be um, my MVP pick for MVP. I mean, number one, you gotta, it's hard pressed to, to not uh, pick the MVP from the the winning team, especially when he was uh, first team. So, I mean, really when it comes down to it, I had it between Schling and and Will and um, because Will won the championship, um, you know, uh, I would, I would have to give it to him. I, I know Wes is sitting there probably thinking the argument and he's probably going to go with Schling's email or Mathlete's email, scathing email um, that, you know, called out that there's an asterisk next to the championship. However, I would say that Will's performance out, out does any asterisks that you put out there. Um, he performed really well. He hit cups, he hit rebuttals, um, he hit final shots. Um, and he was, um, you know, playing all out. I mean, really, other than the mistake he made early on, um, he was definitely the best player out there. Um, you know, and he's, he's going to be a force to be reckoned with, I would say the next tournament as well. So it's going to be interesting to see if he can continue, um, you know, being on fire, so to speak. Um, but, uh, I, I would have to say the MVP would definitely be Will. Yeah. So I, um, I'm actually going to go opposite you. I'm going to go with Weeze. And, uh, the reason why I would take Weeze is, I don't think they win that championship without the uh, ballsy move that Weez makes in the first round when the pressure's on. And um, I liken it a little bit to, to Will's kind of the, the Rob Gronkowski of that relationship. And uh, 
Weeze is kind of the Tom Brady, you know, the level-headed competitor that just keeps chipping away. Um, it, it wills more the, the outgoing, the extrovert. You know, he's going to dance at the parade. He's going to be the center of attention. Um, performance definitely matches that in production. Um, but I, I just think without Weeze's steady, um, you know, uh, IQ of the game and his decision – to uh, and strategy that, that went into that decision. Uh, without that, they're, they're not in the finals. And uh, because of that reason, and because Weez was steady throughout, uh, I'm going to yeah, my vote uh, for Weez. And I, you know, I was just waiting to see where you guys came down. But I think that uh, if this were the most outstanding player award, not to sound like a first take segment here and skip Bayless, Stephen A., but the most outstanding player when he showed up on time and knew there was a game was clearly Evan Will. But you don't know, and I don't know, what went on behind the scenes after that second game of the divisional round when Will didn't realize there was a game, showed up outside, tried to play in 30-mile-an-hour wind, and PJ and I beat him by seven. So I don't know that we can give a most valuable player award in that instance. Smitty, I think you make some really good arguments. I was leaning towards Schling. I think he played really well. He was really steady. He was more valuable to Ace than uh, I think – Maybe Ace was to him or, or any other partner in the tournament. But you made some compelling points about Weez, and I think that the fact that those guys went on a run, won the championship, uh, I, will, I will give a second vote to Weez. And, and uh, congratulations, Mr. Weez. You are the MVP of season one. And I, I'm going to say no arguments there from, from that aspect. I mean, um, as, as much as – I do think Will was was the best player out there. I think when you when you factor in the the coaching decisions and the points that you raised, I feel like um, you know Weeds is well deserved as well. Yeah, both both of them were, were very well deserving of it. I think, um, but I, I just like I said, I got to go uh, with Weeds because he put his balls on the table and uh, the balls got stroked. Um, moving on. You got the comeback player of the year. I got, I got, uh, well, you know, I think there's been a lot of talk around this award, more talk around this award probably than any other award. And uh, to me, it wasn't even a tough decision. There's clearly one person very deserving of this award, uh, and it's Wade Martin. You know, he lost some lines of communication with the Sanctum over the years, but he came back strong. He attended most of the games he wasn't even playing in. He played well in the regular season. Uh, I know his, his run got snuffed out early. But uh, to me, what awarding this comeback player of the year trophy to Wade says, it says as much about Wade as it does about Dees. And halfway through the league year, Dees created a, you know, maybe I'm, the last dance is in my head, but he created a Dennis Rodman-esque sideshow claiming to be considering retirement. And I think in retrospect, it's pretty clear he was um, setting himself up for a postseason award. He knew he wasn't going to get the MVP. He didn't have a great first-round performance. So he was, he was kind of angling for comeback player of the year. And that really undermines the integrity of the award. It, it's a slap in the face to Joe, who put in a lot of time and effort into the WBPA this season. And so I don't think that we can give an award like this to somebody who sets up a scenario to argue they deserve to be comeback player of the year. And then a, lobbies aggressively for the award. So uh, congratulations, Wade. I think we, I'm sorry. I think Dees has another award coming uh, for him, but for now, comeback player of the year, my vote, Wade Martin. 
yeah, it'd be really tough to argue against that. Um, you know, I, I could probably lob a vote for Ace. You know, he's, he's come a long way from his college days. Um, whatever training regimen he's working um, with now is, is really uh, really working for him. It sounds like from from Meg that uh, they've they've purchased a hyperbaric chamber and uh, have been sleeping on kale sheets for the last couple of years, and that uh, definitely has has helped his game. But um, I'm with you there. I think Wade is, is more than deserving of that Comeback Player of the Year award. No, I am in Joey agreement. Daniel? I think if you're going to stack up Wade, um, you know, I think these, I think if these would have completed the run and we would have, you know, made it to the championship at least, I think then you could start making a case for Dees and his, um, you know, storyline that that was created. But I think he, you know, coming from his partner and, um you know, knowing the situation a little bit closely, I won't divulge in, into too many details, but, um, you know, he was weighing some options and he did have, you know, his heart, you know, was, um, conflicted and, uh, there were some decisions that he had to think through. And I, I really do think that, um, you know, he made the decision he did. Um, but I, I also think that when he came back, his heart was back in it. And, um, I think there was some value to, to his points, but, um, I do, I do agree that Wade, um, you know, kind of vanishing what's, I hadn't talked to him in years, um, and coming back and the way he came back and the game that he showed, um, I was very impressed. I will say, oh, sorry, go ahead, Speedy. Oh, I was just going to say that steady diet of salmon, California salmon that he's uh, he's been on seems to have him in really good. Yeah, I would say, I would say, the, I would say too, that the foods that he chose um, became a storyline as well and where he was going to go out to eat that day. I think those became uh, storylines that were very interesting to the group. Um, so not even the people that were playing beer pump, the people that were like Wade that were um, seemingly going out to eat every day and picking up something different um, became a storyline. What was Wade going to eat that day? Yeah, the only thing I was going to say, Dees is not going home empty-handed. Uh, I have him on my ballot as the defensive player of the year, and, and mostly because of his Wi-Fi connection, which unnecessarily delayed most every game he played in, and it, and it took the opposing team out of their rhythm. Um, but, I, you know, I think he should hold his head high that there will be a trophy on his mantle at the end of this, and it will be for his defensive contribution. And, and in fact, that may be the first time he's – He's been honored for, for such uh, just airtight defense. You bring up a really, really good point there. Um, I'm not sure that you, could, you would ever associate D's and defense together um, in the same sentence. Um, so, yeah, very well deserving of that based on the merits that you uh, brought forward. That moves us on to uh, sixth man of the year. Um, you know, this is a lot of a uh, lot of worthy candidates. Um, here. I'm happy to go first, Joe, and then you can uh, come in. But but the criteria the criteria I'm looking at uh, for the sixth man is somebody who who comes off the bench and provides a spark when you need them, um, and uh, not necessarily carrying the load night to night, but but in a big game or a big moment is going to show up. And to me, the one person that deserves this award is Isaac. And I know that's going to be a little surprising. He had a subpar regular season. He didn't play well in the divisional rounds, but he had a pretty good tournament game. And uh, I think that if Wade had played just an average game for Wade, they, they might've been able to pull a first round upset. So Ward gets my vote for sixth man of the year. 
was reading a, t- a text that just came through. Um, and um, it's interesting that we have a, luckily we have somebody here um, that's, that this does involve. Um, I do see that uh, it says that Smitty had claimed Dustin Getchy off waivers. And then, um, but it, it also says that he told Dusty not to get comfortable and that, that this would not be the only move. Um, and then it proceeds to say that, uh, that Dusty will be dealt to Isaac Ward um, for Wade Martin. And I guess what really um, sent the deal in was uh, Smitty threw in 10 Trulies and uh, 10 Wendy's bucks. So it looks like um, there's been a trade made here uh, between Smitty and Ward. And it looks like Ward will get uh, Dustin Getchy, 10 Trulies, and 10 Wendy's Bucks. And Smitty in return will get Wade Martin. Wow, that is a, that is a big wow. happening. Um, we got right the, the, com- the comeback player of the year and the sixth man of the year both moving between the first and second season. Wow. Wow. Yeah, pretty interesting stuff. We were, little, uh, we were able to negotiate and uh, deliver a little sign-in, sign-in trade there. And um, we, we actually increased the number of trulies for, for awards from 10 to 12 to sweet, sweeten that deal up a little bit and, and get him to, to sign the dotted line. But, uh, yeah, I'm excited. Um, you know, I, I enjoyed the, the first uh, tournament with, with uh, my son, Skyler, and um, – Decided when I started seeing some of these teams that were coming into uh, the second tournament that, uh, you know, when I was approached uh, about this possibility of teaming up with uh, Mr. California, I, uh, the more I thought about it, the more it made sense. And, uh, you know, I, I don't think that I'm a, a, a lead player anymore. I'm more of a role player. And uh, this allows me to, to kind of play that role instead of now, being uh, Smitty, I had, I had heard some rumblings that, so that there was a, there might have been some movement. Is there any truth to the rumor that you reached out to the only other person I can think of with both Ohio and Wisconsin connections and Michael Red as, as a pong partner? And then when, when he turned you down, you looked beyond that to maybe Wade. Is that true or not? Well, there is a little bit of truth to that. Um, I did reach out to, to Mike Red uh, – early on in the process, you know, once the season was over and, um, there, there really wasn't a whole lot of interest that was reciprocated there. And, um, you know, I woke up Sunday morning and, and, and discussed it with Skyler and we were set on trying to make a run here in the, the second tournament. And then, uh, later that day, there was a little bit of movement towards, uh, you know, a, a change on the horizon. And, um, you know, after further discussion, Skyler, you know, his, his heart just wasn't really in it. He's uh, involved in a pretty deep NBA 2K franchise with some of his college buddies that uh, took precedent, and uh, so we had to make a decision that was that was best for uh, you know the, the pong tournament, and, and as far as getting in uh, total buy-in into the into this thing. So um, it's it's a move that I think is is going to form another competitive team and uh, really increase the, the competition levels that we uh, we saw in a few of those first rounds. Yeah, it's wow. First, first yeah, definitely. And I, I would say too on the other the other side of this, how does how does Ward, um, you know, does he feel liberated almost, um, you know, getting away from from Wade, who, you know, see, you kind of had the the Jordan esque um, type of type of mentality with with Isaac that he um, was tired of being let down. He was tired of 
um, you know, making the only one making shots and Ward not pulling his, his weight. Um, and it seemed not to Ward did not seem to respond to that type of criticism um, and, and does a, a better relationship with Dusty with somebody, you know, maybe um, who, who's not as, um, you know, um, impactful from, you know, speaking out and um, I th- does Ward respond better and does he actually almost, uh, you know, come back a, a new man in this uh, next tournament? Yeah, I, I think that makes sense. I, let's just not rewrite history here, though. I mean, Ward did not have a great regular season, but I do think he trended up near the end and he played well in the tournament. And I know that the regular season impacted the seating and they were playing maybe a better team than they otherwise would have if Ward would have had a better regular season. But I'd be just as excited for Getchy here as long as Ward can, can kind of continue that momentum that he had the last time out there. So this could be a win-win, and I hope it is, because we're all here just to get some entertainment and to have some fun and to make these games competitive. Yeah, I got the big fella. Um, I got the big fella as an early shoe-in or uh, early candidate for comeback player. Um, I think that you're going to see a totally different mindset that he brings to this uh, tournament than he did the first tournament. Um, you know, he's no longer overshadowed by uh, by Wade, who overshadowed him all through their high school careers down there in southern Ohio. Um, now Isaac can kind of make a name for himself, and uh, maybe he becomes the leader of that team with uh, with Dusty and uh I think that they'll they'll make a little bit of noise. I think they'll make a little bit of noise. So um, one award that we didn't talk about, and um, Wes, I'm a little bummed that you missed it, but Joe, you were involved. Uh, the, the best intro, and um, I'm going to be totally biased 100% and give that to myself with uh, the strobe lights and uh, a little bit of Eminem going on in our uh, tournament game to try to – Yeah, uh, I, that's the kind of thing I would not have missed back in the Worcester days, but uh... – with kid stuff running around, I was five minutes late and then clearly missed maybe what was the highlight of the tournament. It's certainly what has, has had headlines for, you know, the next two, three, four days after that matchup. So I, that, that's a, that's a lifelong regret. I will take to my grave. Yeah. And I, I would say, and I would say too, when you talk about yeah, top 10 good. moments to uh, that happened in beer pong history, does that make the top 10? I, I guess we'll have to see, but that was, uh, that was definitely worthy of, of being in the discussion of that. Yeah, so we've uh, we've kept these these listeners a little longer than we typically would, but let's go ahead and close it out. Uh, what do you guys think uh, happens here? Uh, yeah, the, I don't uh, want to step on Joey's tournament. toes, but I think there's a lot of really good storylines here. Um, I think divisional matchups will be released tomorrow, so we can we can dive into those uh, later in the week. But uh, can Will and Wees maintain their maturity and focus for a couple more weeks? Will the will the sixth man be reborn with a new partner? Will some of these veterans come in? You know, I think the thing that that hits you with age is that. You know, you might be able to perform well one night, but you can't do it four, five, six nights in a row like you could have back in college. And so these guys are going to be well-rested, some of the older guys coming in, and maybe they can make a nice little run. So there's a lot of fun stuff to watch. Yeah, great points, Wes. And I think, um, you know, all valid. And I think uh, coming into to this new tournament, adding eight new teams into the tournament um, is definitely going to add a wrinkle into it. Now we have um, four divisions um, and it's going to be really interesting to see how those divisions shake out because, um, you know, depending on whether you're in a tough division or if you're in an easier division, um, it could really get you ready for the tournament. And maybe some of the tougher divisions, maybe a one and two team can make a, a big run in the tournament 
um, and they just may have gotten placed in a tougher division. Um, so I'm, I'm thinking you're probably going to see this tournament's going to be really interesting. Um, the single elimination tournament, um, just from the aspect that you're probably going to see some one and two teams or teams that maybe hadn't won a game, um, potentially make a run. Maybe they, they just got stuck in a tough division. Um, maybe they didn't quite find what they were looking for in terms of momentum until late later on. Um, so I think it's going to shake out to a, to a really fun tournament and you got some, um, you got players in there that, you know, graduated a few years ago and you got players in there that graduated a couple decades ago. So, um, you got a wide range of, of different, um, ages and personalities that should make for a really fun tournament. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I agree, Joey. Um, director result of, uh, you know, a great idea that you had and uh, you and Wes taking this thing to the next level and, and really uh, getting it to blow up. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Like you said, we've got a nice mix of, uh, of newer guys, but also guys that really help build the foundation of that Worcester family. Um, uh, looking forward to seeing how they compete. You know, they, they were at Worcester before the days of beer pong. So uh, I think that puts them at a little bit of a disadvantage, but those guys are true competitors as well. So I'm sure that they'll uh, acclimate rather quickly. Uh, before we uh, before we shut this thing down, we just need to give a shout out to our sponsor, uh, Mickey D's Sweet Tea. Ooh, I like that. Quench that thirst. All right, guys. Thanks for your time. We'll, uh, we'll catch you on the next podcast when we uh, we start to take a look at uh, sounds good. Love it. Good, good run. Good, good run. Season one, boys, and uh, looking forward to season two. Absolutely.